up, podcasters? It's me, Clive Holland, from the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Now, I would love you to tune in and catch me doing my thing Monday through Thursday from midday till 3 p.m. on the planet's only radio station for builders, Fix Radio. On this week's packed podcast, we place the focus on customer service in our industry with trade business expert Joe Doyle, then focused on second jobs in the trade to make ends meet and whether or not there's a need to drop prices to stay competitive, with Brian Berry from the Federation of Master Builders. Ending the week on site cock-ups and the worst you've ever seen, with some of the colleagues of our industry. All in all then, another packed blooming podcast. Enjoy. This is the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Fix Radio. Today, we're talking all about customer service and how it important it is in our industry. Uh, joining us on the line now is a man who knows all about the importance of having good relationships in the trade. It's trade business expert and good friend of the show, Joe Doyle. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the Clive Holland Show. Now then, uh, first of all, I mean, listen, uh, as far as I'm concerned, customer service is, is absolutely top, you know, but it's not to everyone. But how important is it, do you think? Well, if we don't have customers, we don't have a business. And in particular, if we don't have repeat customers or if we don't have customers who are willing to refer us to their friends, we also don't have a business. So that's why it's super important, not only that we do a good job, but that we're good to the clients and the clients feel they trust us. They feel like they're, we are welcomed in their home and they feel like that they're They'd be happy to stop and chat to us for five minutes if they bumped into us on the street. Yeah, the interesting thing here is, right, now in in the industry, uh, I would imagine in most walks of life, you're going to have certain people who are brilliant with their hands, but they're not very good at conversing. And, and all I'm saying is, do you think it might be, for them, better to let the work speak for itself? You see, what we need to understand is, particularly if we're working like in a domestic situation, in a lot of cases... We're, we're knocking at the client's door in the morning almost before they've got out of bed. And then in a lot of cases, we're still in their home at the end of the day after they come home from work. So we're getting to see them at these various different stages of the day. And the client themselves are not going to be the sharpest every minute of the day themselves. So there needs to be a little bit of rapport built there. Otherwise, the client is going to feel uncomfortable in their own home. We've had complaints before by clients um, because the guys didn't say good boy. You know, they've been on the job there for whatever, 12 hours during the day, 10 hours during the day, a long day, and they wrap up and there's no client around and it just happens that the client is up in the back room of the house or something like that and they didn't realise and they leave and then they're complaining. The guy's left without even saying good boy. Were you happy with the work? Oh, yeah, yeah, everything's great. They cleaned up, everything's smashing. But they never said good boy. And the client is deciding who are they going to award the job to. They're going to award the job to the individual or to the company who they feel the best connection with. Playing devil's advocate here, the person that's great with the chatter. I mean, I used to I used to expose cowboy builders years ago, and they were always brilliant with the chatter. You know, they were especially in in the in the initial when they were trying to win the job. You know, and yet the guy who came in maybe from the site and probably got his backside hanging out of his trousers, which we don't want anyway, was rejected. <laughs> and he would have been probably the best guy. Now, work may or may not slow down in the coming months, but as people tighten their purse strings, how good and how important do you think customer service is to making a difference to give your business that edge? Oh, it's it's absolute paramount. It is. All, you see, we want the referral from the client. We want to do a good job. We want to get paid. We want to make some profit. That goes without saying. 
but we want the referral from the client to their brother, their sister, their aunt, whoever it is they know. We need them speaking glowingly about us, about our guys, and about the job we do. And I think that's a crucial line, absolutely crucial line, particularly more, you know, the focus is on us at the minute. Uh, right, look, mate, we've run out of time, except for, can we have a little bit of a chat about your book and also about where people can find out more information? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. So, as, as you said, my name is Joe Doyle, so you can, and I'm over here in Ireland, so you can catch me online at joedoyle.ie. You can catch me on all the socials where I go by Joe Doyle Entrepreneur. And my book is called The Tradesman Survivor Guide. And it pretty much pretty much documents the, the journey that I made from once being a bricklayer to running a successful building company to running a successful property investing company and, and all the all the facts and figures and trials and tribulations I learned along the way there are covered in that book. And it's called the Tradesman Survivor Guide because as you know, Clive, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we're just trying to survive. And we need as many tools and resources at our, our disposal as possible. I tell you what, mate, definitely. We, we we certainly do, particularly at the moment, that's for sure. Uh, Joe, as ever, always great to talk to you, my friend. That's Joe Doyle there. Now, uh, the thing is, again, with that book, um, I, I have read that book and it is, a, it is brilliant, I have to say. So uh, maybe give it a whirl or check him out on his socials. Clive Holland on Fix Radio. Uh, today we're focusing on customer service. Now, important is to you. Uh, does the customer always have to be right? Even on days you feel you have to bite your tongue, uh, do you just let your work do the talking? Uh, joining us on the line now is a man who is certainly able to do the latter. Is our very good friend Dan from the Jobber Knock podcast and you scribe jig. Uh, now, this might be a question similar to does a dog lick its danglies, right? But um, how, how much emphasis uh, do you put on good customer service? Is it up there as a priority? Massive, I suppose. Realistically, if um, anyone says any different, they're either God's gift to whatever they do and everybody believes everything they say as gospel or they're very, very lucky because, you know, we are in that um, world where a lot of us are working in people's houses you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys probably work on site and it's probably a little bit different, but then your customer service will fall down to, you know, talking to maybe the clients if they do arrive or the big bosses. You know, you, you're kind of tradesmen, so you take it slightly differently because you have got that skew where you can have a little bit of a laugh. But, you know, you have got to kind of read people, haven't you? So you always start off with your best foot, politeness. You know, you're thinking, I need to get this job. So your customer service has really got to be on point. But then when you're in, then you can drop the I ate it's Dan, T1 sugar, you know, just boom, you're yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the cheeky banter coming from you has to be part of that anyway. We had a couple of guys working for us who've now got their own businesses, but they were awful at dialogue. Awful, they were that shy, <laughs> painfully shy, or, or one was particularly miserable, but they were both brilliant yeah. at what they did. And so how much is it a case of balancing top workmanship with good customer service? Yeah, I bet for some people it's tough. I mean, I've always been quite confident in meeting people since I was a kid. It was kind of like, get out the door, go make friends. You're in that social set. I mean, it's a little bit different for, say, the modern generation in the last 20 years because it's a little bit more introverted, a little bit more at home. So that social barrier is a little bit more difficult and probably takes them a little bit longer 
to come out. But there is people out there, and I follow people against normally down the social media route these days where you see what people are doing. And I know I spoke to a few where they're like, "Oh, I'm never going on camera," and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm dyslexic and I struggle with um, you know talking to customers and clients. But they tend to be the kind of people then where their work's actually next level above. Like I yeah. like to think I'm good at my job, but I'm not Mr. OCD in a process. The job has to be right. Like it has to be the best quality finish I can leave. But the process in between is I'll go from A to, to D, then back to C, might go over to F to come back to B to get the job done. Whereas I watch some of these methodical people do the job when I'm absolutely in awe. And if you've got to be honest, if you watch them people, it wouldn't really matter what they say to you because the work speaks better, doesn't it? Yeah. So you, the customer's just going to go, yeah, he kind of didn't make any sense with what he was on about there. And he took me away from something that I'm interested in. But if it looks like that picture and it looks like that job that he's done last time, then that's fine by me. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, mate, where are you today? What are you up to? Uh, in glorious Newcastle underline this time, Clive. I'm... I'm in the heart of Staffordshire. Some might say the diamond in the rough. <laughs> <laughs> love it, mate. Absolutely love it. Hey, mate, always good talking to you. Uh, that's the brilliant Dan there from the Job and Knock podcast. Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. Hello there. Hopefully you're enjoying the podcast that you're currently listening to. And if you are, make sure you download the Ball Builders one. That's me and Sam, that is. Just search the Ball Builders Breakfast wherever you get your podcast from. Because if you don't, we'll send the lads round. Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. Today we're talking all about keeping your head above water financially in our industry and whether or not you would consider taking on a second job. Now, this is off the back of a survey that suggests nearly a third of tradespeople are already doing so. Now, joining us on the line is a legend of our industry and a legend on the box uh, to offer some advice. We're delighted to be joined i hope he likes this because he is whether he believes it or not he's a national treasure it's mr tommy walsh uh, now how big an issue is it that tradespeople are having to consider a, a second job it's a strange one that is because there's there seems to be a shortage of uh tradespeople for certain trades and uh, you know you're having to wait a considerable amount of time for you know, for the, the 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 builder that you want, or the tradesperson you want. Whereas in the past, the, you know, the problem's always been um, getting someone who's any good. But now, obviously, there's there's more um, tradespeople than there is work, which is forcing people onto a second job. But to be fair, I think even when I was younger, growing up in the trade, uh, I had a second job. It was a beer taster. Oh. <laughs> that was your favourite job. Yeah, it didn't that. it didn't pay very well actually, but you know. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is though, Tommy, right? We're in that situation at the minute where there's so many of, of our tradespeople that are actually finding the competition as stiff as hell. I'm not, I know what you're saying that there is there's more jobs than there is there there is actual tradespeople, but because of the cost of living crisis that's going on at the minute, a lot of the domestic side of things are pulling their belt in clients wise. So do you understand that side of it? Yeah, I, can, I understand it, and I can, I can see people get worried. I mean, I would be worried if the situation was like I was in in that same situation a lot of people are facing. I'd be worried that, you know, how would I be able to feed my family, which is 
not just something unique to the building trade at the moment, because I think it's right across society, uh, unless you're, you know, you're lucky and you're one of the affluent ones. But uh, I think uh, the, the problem is the, the rising cost of living is really taking its toll. Because uh, a typical example, um, I bought a, a, a bag of bonding last week. Now, normally you'd pay about £2.50, three quid for a, for a bag of bonding, and I had to pay £7. It's about seven pound eighty for it, and and that's in just what in a year or eighteen months. It's, it it's is gone amazing. Up, uh, it's ridiculous, and there doesn't seem to be any justification for it. People are making a bit of a killing when the opportunity uh, presents itself. Now, tradespeople really should never be in this situation, I don't think. But there are so many factors in recent years that are causing these huge waves in the industry. Is it hard to see an end to these problems for some? Yes, I think it is difficult. So I think it will go on. It will run alongside even when things normalise. And, you know, when you, people say to you, you know, when's it going to go back to normal? Well, it's, it's never going to go back to normal because we've got what we call a new normal now. And people have got to get used to that. And I just think there will be, a, a you know, a fraction of, of tradespeople who are in, a, in a, you know, a very difficult boat at the moment. And I think that will carry on. But it will get less and it won't become so much, so obvious uh, a problem. But, you know, talk about profiteering. I mean, the, uh, the energy prices are... Uh, Petrol and uh, diesel have gone right down in price, but um, the cost of of uh, energy being used within the home is going to go up again. Everyone should be looking out for everybody else, trying to help out for the for the greater good, rather than individual profiteering. You know, they don't though, because they you know the thing is with these guys uh, with the big conglomerates, they they've got their shareholders to consider, and that's all they're bothered about. It's profiteering. I don't care what anybody says, and it's and it's really, it really is pushing everybody to the limit. It's a horrible thing. Yeah, and of course, as well, it's it's, it's important about uh, the regions, you know, like the the geography involved, because with London going to go into a full, um, was it what they call that? Yeah, no, ULES no, and ch- ULES charge. Yeah, ULES. Yeah. yeah, so that's going to go right out to uh, to the suburbs and around the M25. Now, the trouble there is, how are you going to go to work? You know, they say use public transport, but if you're a tradesman, you can't bring all your tools on the train. You know what I mean? You can uh, sometimes get away with it if you're a specialist and uh, you just need to bring, you know, a backpack. But really, that's that's not good because people don't on on the um, on the tubes, they don't want to be travelling with people who are covered in cement dust and and that from a hard day's work, and then going home and everyone looking miserable because they've got to go home on a freezing cold public transport. Indeed, uh, I just want to finish on this, uh, Tommy, because um, obviously there are people in our industry, like any industry, that are struggling a little bit, and if they are struggling and they can't get their second job. We do have uh, the Lighthouse Club that um, will help out and they'll even put food on the table for us in the construction industry helpline. It's uh, just want to give it out, 0345 605 1956. You can also find details at the Lighthouse Club as well uh, and also uh, on our website. Uh, Tommy, just before you go, tell us what you're up to. I'm on my way to Rumford, actually, uh, in, in about 10 minutes' time to, uh, to do another Homes Under the Hammer today. And uh, I've also very shortly started a new series of uh, Clean It and Fix It. You know, it keeps me occupied. 
and saves me getting a second job. Well, yeah, exactly. So, sounds like you've got to. Anyway, Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. I have a great rest of the day, and no doubt we'll talk again soon. The Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Now, according to a recent survey, uh, it revealed 29% of tradespeople are considering a second job to get by. Uh, now, could that be you? That's what I want to know. Uh, is it something you're already doing? Uh, or maybe you've switched jobs, which I'd hate to think you have, but uh, please let me know. 821400 on the text. Text the word FIX first, send your message. Or you can direct message me via the FIX radio app. Uh, joining us on the line now is a great friend of the show and has been for a long time. And this guy made the switch from site work, oh, sorry, to site work from his domestic uh, work and his name is Dave Byrne. You'll have heard him on the show uh, plenty of times. Dave, you made the switch, right, from yep. from domestic work onto site work. First of all, I want to know the reasons why you did that. And secondly, how is that switch going? So my reasons for doing it were there was a few. Um, one was to manage stress levels because um, there's nothing quite like running your own business. When you're not getting money for it <laughs> yeah the, um it all sort of ties in together um with what's potentially around the corner cost of living going through the roof there's, there's bound to be some sort of um repercussions um of of what's been going on so i.e a recession um so it was to protect myself for that it's to get myself back on site get my feet under the table with the firm um and um be, be being being a present father more and a present husband um rather than going to work waking up in the morning thinking about what i've got to do today going to bed at night thinking about what i've got to do today going around pricing jobs up you know it's just um it's a it's a thankless task and it just it just it just puts pressure on um things at home and stuff like that um and then um how is it working for me it's working very well for me um ironically enough i'm still doing the um the private stuff as well but not as much and i'm kind of cherry picking what i want to do which is 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 a, is a nice thing to to be able to do um it's paying well uh bills are getting paid that's the main thing um the tax is paid for you so you don't need to worry about that. You just have to do a tax return at the end of the year that says you've paid this amount of tax and then you get a nice bit of money back. So to make that transition from, you know, the, the bespoke stuff, the class stuff, to go house bashing, was that initially a difficult transition to do? I'll be honest with you, Clive. The hardest thing to do, and I've said this to quite a few people, it's letting go of your ego. Um ego is a funny thing i find with the bespoke stuff um you're after that next hit that next high that next buzz um the, the thing with site work though is you find that if you're good at your job you um you suffer because you're there to mop up everyone else's mistakes because you just can't let it go you won't be able to let it go you won't be able to walk past somebody's work and think well that's acceptable you know, you, you you know because of the type of person you are and the, and the class you turn out. So I can fully understand that, uh, mate. Listen, uh, we really appreciate you sparing the time as ever. Uh, but what are you up to today, and where are you? I am in a place called Penny Ford, which is outside of Chester. I'm on a, a red row site, and I am mopping up people's stuff. <laughs> mopping up enough. people's stuff. Wow. We really appreciate you 
taking the time to explain that to us. Uh, that's a brilliant Dave Byrne there, and it really explained well, actually, um, you know, how he made that switch, and he made it on time by the sound of things as well. And the fact that, actually, realistically, he has got two jobs as such. Fix Radio, Bish Bash Bosh. Hi, I'm Thomas Nagy. If you're enjoying this catch-up with The Electrical Show podcast, we discuss everything that matters to the electrical industry across the UK with new episodes out every Thursday from 4pm. Fix Radio, Bish Bash Bosh. Today, we're asking you, would you consider dropping your prices after a report revealed that 80%, as much as 80% of tradespeople, are concerned about the future of our industry? Uh, joining us on the line right now is a man who can hopefully shed a little bit of light on it. He's done it before uh, on what he's hearing. It's the CEO of the Federation of Master Builders and good friend of the show, Brian Berry. Uh, now then, um, what are you hearing from your members in terms of workload and pricing? scales are, are things sort of a bit fluid at the minute are things changing yeah do you know what i think fluid's a good word clive because in the end of uh, last year there was a lot of worry about uh, the economy we're going to go into a recession and so uh there was talk about the repair and maintenance improvement sector in decline uh, there was a prediction i heard about nine percent for this year but that hasn't happened um workloads have dropped but they've not fallen through um, a lot of builders i know are still very busy what we have seen is a number of inquiries dropping off but at the moment it's not as bad as a lot of people feared and um so that's good news i think that's really good news it depends on the overall economy uh so let's hope you know the government can steer steer us through the next few months we haven't gone into recession um so we're you know, we're hanging on there and seeing what happens. But at the moment, workloads are still quite robust. Um, for many builders, they're still very busy. What they are worried about is in the coming months, if people are finding it harder because of the cost of living to afford home improvements. I always say it's a little bit like trying to juggle sand underwater at the minute. It's just almost impossible. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's the vibe we're getting from from people who are listening to the show that, that you know what, we're, we're busy, things are still happening. And, we, and I'm so glad we haven't gone into that, under that recession line. Uh, very important. Yeah, exactly, Clive, because there's a danger of talking ourselves into it. You know, it's all doom and gloom. Actually, there's a lot of work going on there. People still have money to spend on doing up their homes. I know my members are busy. I'm sure everyone in the building industry has got a lot of work. Good builders are picking up the work. Um, so I'm just quietly hopeful. Um, I'm not as pessimistic as I was at the end of last year. I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be tough, but people still want to invest in their homes. Um, and if you're not moving, you're probably a bit more inclined to do up the home that you're staying in. So it could be a lot of work there for builders doing home improvements, new kitchens, bathrooms, um, just to make uh, people's homes a bit better if they, if they can't afford to um, to sell up and move on to the next property. I think they're going to be all right. So unless something really badly happens over the coming months to the economy, I, th I think it will just be steady as we go. And let's just hope we, you know, we do get to better days in, in the months ahead. Um, so just be clear about what you're offering for that money and explain the situation. I think everyone knows that prices are shooting up. Everything we buy has gone up and building materials are no different. Um, so, so my top advice is explain what you're doing and uh, try to make it as clear and transparent to, um, to your customers. Uh, Brian, as ever, it is always brilliant talking to you, my friend. He's in the uh, 
you know, having the finger on the pulse, but easing the brow as well. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, that's Brian Berry there, uh, CEO of the Federation of Master Builders. We'll get through this, kids. Don't you worry about that. Clive Holland on Fix Radio. Uh, today's talk topic, we're looking at a report that claims of 80%, 80% of tradespeople are concerned about the future of our industry and may even need to drop their prices to stay competitive. Uh, now, joining us on the line right now is a man who's very busy on the ground. We know this uh, from previous conversations. It's our great friend, Dave Finnegan from Elwood Enterprises. Now, 80%, firstly, are you concerned? Let, let's just focus on you. Are you concerned about the future? And have you noticed lately that clients have been receiving quotes that are maybe undercutting you? So I actually had one the weekend message me um, for a quote that, I'd been undercut on. Apparently, he was willing to do the same amount of work for about 20% less. And the customer in question messaged me. Um, and he was, it was, it was, it was quite, it was quite amusing to read the message because he was like, you know, I'd much rather go with you for the work, but, you know, can you come down and meet this price? Uh, he said, and he even said, you know, would you be able to do it for, for cash? And my reply was, nope. Um, I'm I'm a busy man, Claude, as you know, and I haven't got time to to waste my time going around changing my prices and dropping. I'm not there to rip anyone off. I'll give a fair price from the start. So what my first price is, is always my finished price, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not someone who can be, you know, negotiated down thinking that, you know, I'll say 10 grand because I really want eight and and I'm willing to negotiate and all that. I ain't got time for that. So my first (laughs) price is always my best price. And that was my response to the client. I can't think of any situation that would make me do that at the moment because like i said we're busy we're booked up jobs booked miles in advance i can't see any reason for it and i, and I think the only people that are in this situation and and lowering prices must be people with an empty diary and i just can't understand that with with how busy things are you know we were told and threatened with the the recession and the fact that work would be you know the workload would be going down and i just haven't seen that that as as you know as my experience that's just it's not my experience of things so i mean we've had this we've had this recently from um trading standards who've said that you know the the uh, cowboy builders and, and and rogue traders have, have have gone up in the last sort of 18 months by about 20 percent uh anywhere between 17 and 23 percent they're saying um and, and i'm wondering if these if if these rogues are seeing a market where they can jump in, reduce their prices. I'm not saying that these people are who've quoted against you. Don't get don't get me wrong, right? They might they might be absolutely kosher, but I'm just thinking to myself, twenty percent is a huge difference. Uh, and, and why yeah. wouldn't they choose Dave Finnegan and Elwood Enterprises and seeing their work? I mean, I've looked at loads of your work. Why would you actually take that risk? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's and that's part of it, to be honest, mate. And that's why I'm glad I do this stuff on social media and people know what they're getting um, before they hire me. And to be honest with you, mate, that's why I don't really have time for any of this, you know, back and forwards negotiating with price. You know, my prices are what they are. If people want to try and give you a cheaper quote, that's up to you. You know what you're getting with me. You don't necessarily know what you're getting with them. Um, we're really busy. I booked two more jobs yesterday, so I'm literally booked now until the end of October. So this, I've got no reason to be to be negotiating. <laughs> exactly, but this is what worries me about this report, that 80% of tradespeople are concerned about the future. Uh, but listen, mate, uh, we've taken enough of your time. I just want to ask you the normal question at the end. Where are you today and what are you up to? I am in the drizzly cold rain just outside of Birmingham. I'm just pitching a little porch extension roof. 
But uh, once I've got this done, I can go and get in the warm and go and uh, jump in the renovation. So that's that's my plan to get this finished off as quickly as I can this morning. Good lad, you are a top man and no mistake. Uh, have a great rest of the day. Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. Hi. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, guess what? You might enjoy this one too. You should check out the Painting Decorating Show with me, Joe Bardle, and my co-host... TVJ, the housewife's choice. How you doing, baby? Yep. Uh, new podcasts released every Tuesday at 4pm. 4pm on the dot. And we talk about painting and decorating. And what else do we talk about? Hilarious bands, of course. Oh, yeah. See you then. Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. Hi, Clive. This is Stephen Alex Brick Lane. Steve speaking. Um, I think the worst one I've ever seen was when we did uh, foundations on site work. And it was a piled foundation, but it was like a block of three. So it was quite a big, quite a big foundation. And the way the piles worked was they, they had a cage tied to the top of the piles and then the actual f- shuttering for the concrete was like a plastic board which is attached to the cage. So everything was attached to everything else. Building inspector came along and said, where's your clay board? It should have a clay board underneath. So basically all that, it was all backfilled as well. It had to be dug out, ripped out and redone. It wasn't a happy time on site for a few weeks after that one. One of the biggest cock-ups I've ever seen was when the apprentice uh, drilled right next to a gas pipe and drilled straight through it. One of the other biggest cock-ups I've ever seen is uh, DIY Dave doing a bit of garden lighting uh, and instead of using a, uh, the correct junction box, he used a lunch box instead for a waterproof connection. Uh, another one of the biggest cock-ups I've ever seen is uh, when, someone, when someone's drilling out down lights, hit a joist, and instead of moving a downlight across, drilled straight through the joist on site of a plumber. And um, he had to get his soil stack through. So what he'd done is he got the reciprocating saw out the, uh, out the van and uh, drilled a, cut a U, massive U shape, out of uh, a treble joist, which was supporting staircase. What's the worst cock-up you've ever seen at work? When you've gone into a job and you've looked at it, especially if you've had to pick up the pieces of somebody else's work. Probably when someone's overboarded something and then you've gone to skim it and then the whole ceiling just comes down where they've probably put like two nails in the whole ceiling. Oh, I've been there. So you kind of like disturb the ceiling and then it all just comes down and you think, how am I going to tell the customer that not only that the job isn't done, but the whole ceiling's fallen down and there's dust everywhere, there's board everywhere, and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, so I've that's seen it happen. One. I've absolutely seen it happen, so that's a great shout. I remember in terms of plasters, there was a guy, we were doing a, a TV show and um, the, the, the guy came in to get my plasterer. I thought, great, get on with it. You know, we're, we're picking up the pieces of a bad builder. Uh, got there the next morning and the owners were in tears. Uh, because they said that the plastering looked terrible and I came in and honestly it did look like the sea was lapping up on the beach it was so bad Clive Holland on Fix Radio Tarso very much for listening to my podcast it means the world to me you know I hope you enjoyed it and picked up some excellent info from my brilliant guests and fellow colleagues of our industry remember you can listen to me Monday through Thursday 12 noon till 3pm on DAB, via the Fix Radio app, and at fixradio.co.uk. Oh yeah, ask your smart speaker to play Fix Radio, and come join the fun all day, every day, on the only radio station for the construction industry, which is Fix Radio.
Well, that's it from me for now. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the hole in me cock-up. Ta-ra!